139th Division of the Book of Psalms is where we're going to, to begin our, uh, our message this morning. We, we like to say to our church in Liberia, we, we uh, bless the church family there and those that are listening um, by means of uh, social media. We thank you for, for listening in this morning. We pray that um, the words that the Lord brings to us uh, um, through the Holy Spirit, that it will be a blessing, a blessing to, to your soul. So we are, we're thankful, we're thankful. The Psalms 139, the 39th division of the book of Psalms. You know, last, last week we, 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 we talked about um, uh, worship. The, we talked about the truth about worship. And we began to share what worship is. And, and a lot of times uh, people like to say, come over here, that's what God is at my church, and we got it all going on. But when you enter into worship, God is everywhere. Amen. And you have to have that relationship with the Lord in order to be able to enter into worship. Everybody can enter into worship. Everybody can enter into praise. But there's intimacy when it comes down to worship. Praise is foreplay. But uh, when we enter into worship, worship is intimacy. Intimacy with God. And so today we want to talk about the search. The search. And we're dealing with Psalms 139. Father, bless your word. Have your way. Use me for your glory. Uh, we pray, Father God, you allow me to decrease. And you will increase, Father God. And Father God, we just glorify your name for what you've done and what you're going to do. And how you are going to move through your word. And we thank you right now in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Psalms 139. And uh, once again, our main verses will be uh, from verse 23 and 24. But before we get to those verses, here we talked about David. David is a perfect example of one that knew how to commune. He knew how to worship with God. And, and when God gave me this, and God gave me this word in prayer, I was praying, and God gave me this word, the search. And he gave me the specific scripture in, in verse 23 and 24. He gave me that scripture. And so when I, when I came out of prayer and I went to my Bible, I noticed something unusual. In the very first verse of Psalms 139, uh, it says, verse number one, it says, O Lord, David is speaking. David means the beloved, well beloved. He says, O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Now, David here, he's saying to God, God, you have searched me. In other words, he said, you have examined me. Uh, You've done a close uh, scrutinize of, of who I am. And so therefore you have known me. You know me, God. And he goes on and he begins to talk of, to, about how God knows his uprising. God knows his downsetting. God even knows his thoughts, even from afar off. He said, God, you know all of this. You, you, you know all of this. He even begins to say that... Uh, uh, there was no way he could uh, um, leave from his spirit. There was no way to escape his spirit. There was no way that he could leave from the presence of the Lord. And then he goes on to say, and he begins to talk about, if he ascended into the heavens, he said, God, you're there. You know? And he said, even if I make my bed in hell, he said, God, you are still there. And he even began to talk about him being in his mother's womb. That even in his unperfect condition, God knew him then. So when I get to verse number 23, I question 
David, I'm like, wait a minute, David. You said in verse number one that the Lord had searched you and he knew you. But here in verse number 23, look at what David says in verse number 23 in Psalms 139. He says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. That's what God, you've already said God had searched you and he knew you. But then I began to look at, I said, God, what are you saying here? When he says, David is in a place where we all should be in, in the body of Christ, and if we're naming the name of Jesus Christ, we should want God to search us. We should want God to examine us. Most people do not want God to examine them. Amen? Can, can we be real in the house? Amen? But, but he says, he said, now, he said, I want you to do, do, do a close uh, a scrutiny of, of me. He says, now, now, he says this. He says, and you're searching, oh God. He said, you even, you know my heart. He said, you, you know my heart. You see, uh, it comes to the point when the, David wanted him to be able to go deep. And I said, wait a minute, Lord. He's saying, try me, know my heart. But God, I already know you. But then the Lord speaks and he says, that is not what David is really saying. Why is he telling him to examine his heart, know his heart? Now, uh, let's go to um, uh, let's go to Jeremiah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Jeremiah chapter number seventeen, because it's something about the heart. Jeremiah chapter number seventeen. Jeremiah chapter number seventeen. Jeremiah chapter number seventeen. Jeremiah chapter number seventeen. See, he tells him, he said, you, you search me, you, you, you try my heart, you, you know me, I, I, I want you to do this. And the reason why he wanted his heart searched, this is the reason. Jeremiah, chapter number 17, looking at verse number 9. Because he, he wanted him to analyze him, huh. put him up on a microscope. Now, verse number 9 in the book of Jeremiah says this, the heart is what? Is, is deceitful above all things and what desperately wicked and then he says who can know it that's why David said God I want you to search my heart because he acknowledges here that the, Jeremiah said, said the heart is desperately wicked who, who, we don't even know our own heart I mean if we may say that we do but then verse number 10 says, in Jeremiah 17, it says, I, I the Lord, search the heart. Then he says, he tries the, the, the rings. The, in other words, God tries the inward part. He, he, he searches out uh, the seat of the affections and our passion. See, only God can do this. And then the Bible goes on and says, he says, even to give every man... According to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. See, God has to examine our heart. And see, what David wanted, David said, there are some things in my heart that there are some things that I may not realize that's in my heart. See, we have to be careful what we take in. See, we have an, we have an eye gate, we have an ear gate, we have a mouth gate. 
things that we take in, and sometimes some things are just unknowingly, and everything that comes into us has a spirit with it. Amen. Everything that comes in to us has a spirit with it. Now, think about this. When you, and, I, and I often, you know, sometimes I use this illustration. Have you ever noticed how uh, uh, when they have commercials and stuff on television, and uh, the one I, I hate the most is the one that has the Big Mac. Let me see the Big Mac, big old Mac, big old hamburger. And they got this woman there in, in this bikini. But what they selling? It's not the Big Mac. See, 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 that, that, that's, that's a seductive spirit there. See, they've got that woman, and see, that's that, that's that sexual overtone that's there. You see, see, you've you got to see what's really going on. Because a lot of times, we can see things and not really see things. And see, those things are going into our spirit. We may not realize it at, the, at that moment. But then one day, you see some nice-looking woman come by, and you're like, hmm, mm, that's fine. And you've got to be careful even with that Internet. Okay? Because all kinds of stuff comes through the Internet. You, you, you can be on a site and all of a sudden you get this pop-up. And when you get this pop-up, nine times out of ten, it's somebody in, in, in a bikini or less than that. So all that is a seductive spirit. So, so David is saying here, he said, I want you to go in me and those things that I don't even know that's there. I want you to remove those things out of me. See, see, that's why most people don't like for God to begin to put the, the spotlight on them, to examine them, because, see, there's a lot of stuff in us. And sometimes we may say, well, 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 well how in the world, where did that thought come from? See, a lot of those, those thoughts are, pl are planted by Satan. But see, he, he takes some things and he allows those things to come into us. Amen? So we have to be very careful. And that's why uh, uh, David said, I, I want you to search me out. I want you to try me. Now, look at, let's go to First uh, Kings chapter number 15. First Kings chapter number 15. Because, see, David wants to make sure that there is no wicked way in him. You know, and then he asks God to lead him into the way of everlasting. But let's go to First uh, Kings chapter number 15. First Kings chapter number 15. Because there's something about in being able to enter into worship that we have to be purified from, from within. Worship is not external. Worship comes from within. Okay? It comes from If there's no relationship with God, do not expect to have an experience with God through worship. It doesn't happen. It, it, it doesn't happen. If no time spent with God, we can go through all the emotions we want to. Now, you'll know when you've been in intimacy with God because you'll come out changed. There's no way, no other way. Now, now let's, let's look at 1 Kings chapter number 15. See, see here he is. Now, this I find amazing. I, I, I really find amazing. A lot of times people say, well, you know, you, you, you can't live holy. You can't do the things of God. You know, you, we, and I, I said this last week. We are spirit beings, but we are just in a in human form. Amen. We are human beings. But before we became a human being, we were a spiritual being. That's why when we leave here, our spirit goes back to be with the Lord. Now, 1 Kings chapter number 15. Now look what the Lord says here 
about David. Verse number 5 uh, in First Kings chapter number 15. He says, because David, David means well-beloved, did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord and turned not aside from anything that he did what? He commanded him all the days of his life. Do I need to read that again? It says, because David did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord and turned not aside from anything that he commanded him all the days of his life. We're talking about David's life, okay? Then he says this, save only in the matter of Uriah the Hittite. Now, what is that all about? Here he said, he said, now David, David, David here is one that has done everything I told him to do except one thing. And he says, in the matter of Uriah, well, everybody knows the story of Bathsheba and David. Now, David King, he should have been on a battlefield, but he chooses to stay at home, and he sees this beautiful woman on the rooftop. And so what happens? He takes this man's wife, has her come into his own, and he has intimacy with her. You know, conception takes place. She comes and with child, she's pregnant, okay? And next thing you know, he's trying to cover that stuff up. Now, the first thing he does when he finds out that she, she's with child, he's trying to find a way to cover his sin. Now, a lot of times when, when we're about to get exposed or before we get exposed, when we know we've done something wrong, we like to cover up stuff. We like to cover up our sin. Amen? <laughs> you know, but what happens here is, first thing he does, he has him to come back from the battlefield. He wants him to, to go and, and, and celebrate, and, and he wants him to eat, and then get, he gets him drunk, and then he says to him, go, go sleep with your wife. Well, he wouldn't do that, because he, he was more loyal to the king than the king was to him. Hmm. And there's something about loyalty today. And when he realized that didn't work, he tells him now to, to put him on the front line, because that was going to be a hot battle, so his life could be taken. Well... The name Uriah means the flame of God. Now, if Uriah, if his name means the flame of God, when he takes out Uriah in battle and we bring it to our own life, whenever we allow sin to come into our life, then what happens is we take out the flame of God that's on the inside of us. We take, out of, take the Uriah out of us. Uriah means the flame of God. Sin takes out or it shuts down the flame of God in our life. Sin. He puts Uriah on the front line to kill him. Sin will kill the flame of God in our life. That's strong, isn't it? That, that makes us look at ourselves and realize, wait a minute, God. I need to back up from this because all I'm doing is I am killing the flame of God that's in, on the inside of me 
That means, see, whenever, oh, I hear your Holy Spirit. See, whenever you got the flame of God ablaze on the inside, you, you can walk out and you can command Satan to get away from you. You can lay hands on the sick and you can see them recover. See, what's happened to the body of Christ? The flame of Christ has died. That's why we see no miracles anymore. Because, see, miracles still go on. But whenever the flame of God is dead, you, you don't have anything to work with. But I looked at that, and I, when I saw that, and I'm like, wait a minute, God. Here the scripture says he kept all his commandments all the days of his life, except that one thing. Is that not amazing? So don't tell me. And since this is the unadulterated word of God, don't tell me we cannot keep his commandments. And what you say, sister, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. You will, you will do what God says. And God left a witness in the Bible. So there is no excuse for what we say. He says it. Only thing that he did not keep that was commanded to him was the fact he killed the flame of God on the inside of him when he took in sin. Because see, Bathsheba, seven oaks, Bathsheba was sin to him. He wasn't supposed to take on Bathsheba. It didn't belong to him. In fact, God even sent Nathan, a prophet, to talk to David about his sin. See, sometimes we sin and we think we done got away. <laughs> no, baby, we don't get away. No, we, we, we can't escape God. What, what did David say he learned? He said, if I, if I make my bed in hell, he said, God, you're right there. He said, if, if, I, if I sin into heaven, he said, God, you're right there too. He said, where can I go from the presence of the Lord? He knew he couldn't. He knew God was everywhere. That's why he told God, he said, God, you, you examine me. Examine me. And God, whatever you find that I don't even realize is there, I want you to remove it. See, when God begins to remove and clean us up, it's painful. Because a lot of times we didn't dealt with that stuff so long. But see, we have to give God the, 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 the right. <laughs> Turn over to God and say, God, do what you will. I just want to serve you, Lord. I just want to worship you, God. I just want to feel your presence, Lord. I want your spirit to be everywhere, God. That's why we got to be searched out. Because of some things in us, only God, some things we have escaped our own minds. But God, but God, he can go down up in there and he can bring all of that stuff out. Every pain, every hurt, every thought that we have forgotten, God said, let me just, 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 just surrender yourself to me and let me have my way with you. And you watch God work. Watch God work. The search. Mm. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. See, we can't walk in the will of God when we kill the flame of God. There's no way you can walk in the wheel. Even though the scripture says the steps of a good man is ordered by the Lord. But if you kill the flame, there's no way because there's no light. So therefore you cannot walk in the steps that God has ordered for you. If the flame of God is dead. There's no way. I love this. And I saw this. I said, oh God. David said, if there be, if there be, and he knew it was. 
if there be any wickedness in me, he was saying to God, he said, I want you to move it. Are we bold enough as saints to ask God that question? If there be any wickedness in me, we know that it is. But are we willing to let God clean us up? That's why God says David is a man after his own heart. That's profound. That's profound. Jesus, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm, 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 mm. Let's look at... Uh, mm, thank you, Holy Spirit. Let's look at Psalms 19. Thank you, Lord. Psalms 19. Psalms 19. Mm. Thank you, Lord. We're almost done. Mm-hmm. Psalms 19. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Looking at verse number 12. I love David. I love him. Well beloved, God said. Well beloved. Not just beloved, but well beloved. He was willing. He was willing. Psalms 19. Looking at verse number 12 is where we want to begin. Because we're talking about the search. Examination. The examination. Psalms 19, verse number 12 says this. David's still talking. See, David wrote the book of Psalms. He knew it. He knew the master. It says this. Who can understand his errors? Wait a minute, God. Wait a minute, David. Who can understand his errors? See, that word errors that he was talking about, he said, who can understand that sin? See, Paul had a, had a wrestle. <laughs> there was a battle. See, the spirit in the flesh rattles. It wrestles. And, but here he said, who can understand this? Why do we do what we do? He said, who can understand their sins? Who, why do we lust when we should not be lusting? Who, why is it that we have all these idols that we put before God? When we know we're not supposed to have nothing before God. God said, who can understand his sin? Because anything we put before God is sin. He says, that should have no other God before him. He said, who can understand his errors? Then he says, cleanse thou me from what kind of faults? Secret faults. Cleanse me from secret faults. See, it's not so much the, those things that you've done and that you, you said, well, nobody knows but me. But God said, you got some secret stuff down in there on the inside that don't nobody know about it but me. That's what God said. But yet David said, he said, I want you to cleanse me of those secret faults that I got. I want those faults removed. Why do I want them removed? Because God, I want to know you. God, I want to know you. It doesn't matter about knowing everybody else if you don't know God. God, he says, I want to know you. So I want you to uh, cleanse me from the secret thoughts, those things that's hid, that's lying dormant, that's been there for years, waiting for the opportunity to resurface. He says, I want you to get rid of them faults. I want you to cleanse me of those things. But watch verse number 13. He says this, David says this. He says, keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. In other words, 
those sins that I, I do not understand or recognize that the sin attached with it like being overly self-confident. You know, your, our confidence is supposed to be in God. And see, when we get so caught up in ourselves and think we got it all going on, see, and also the fact about pride. See, with pride comes sin. See, God says, even before we fall, you know, pride comes first. See, if, you, if, if we're falling and we're missing the mark of God, it's because pride somewhere is, is in an operation. Pride. See, 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 that's one of the things, that's one of those presumptuous sins. You know, that those things that, that we want to be self-reliant on ourselves rather than being reliant on God. See, th- th- those are sins attached with that. See, it, and, but, but I love it when he says, he says, he wants those things away from him. And then he says this. He says, let them not have dominion over me. Don't let those sins have dominion over me. So God, God I want more of you. I want more of you. And then he says this. He says, then shall I be upright and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. And then verse 14, after David begins to plead with God to, to search him and to remove everything that, that's not like God on the inside of him, then he says this, and this is the only time we really can say this. Verse 14, it says, Let the words of my mouth and, and the meditation of my heart in other words, meditating is when you're communing with God. Be acceptable in thy sight. See, he wanted his words. See, the Bible says we're going to have to give an account for everything that we say. Every word. Even it says every idle word that we speak, we've got to give an account. But here it is now. He, he's saying to him, he said, this is the meditation of my heart. All of us, he wanted to be acceptable to God. And then he says, be acceptable in my sight, O Lord, my strength. Because he knew God was his strength, and he also knew God was his redeemer. He knew that. Let's go to one other place. I hear the Holy Spirit. Let's go go to, uh, I think it's Psalms, I believe it's Psalms 51. I believe it's Psalms 51. Psalms 51. Yeah, David. A man after God's own heart. See, this psalmist was written right after David had took in Bathsheba. And really had Uriah killed. In other words, he had killed the flame of God within him. But see, one thing about David, he knew how to get to the heart of God. Let's read Psalms 51. Psalms 51. It says, verse number 1. He says, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. See, he knew that if he could operate in the covenant of God, and he began to speak to God about the covenant that he had with his people, because he says, according to his loving kindness. See, something about God, God's love is, uh, is so unconditional. Because you know how we do. We mess up. <laughs> and you know how we are as, as human beings. I'm not talking about spiritual beings. But you know how we are as human beings. Sometimes we hold a grudge for 20 years. Amen. <laughs> but here he says this. He said, now, 
you know, God, you've already said, I'm a man of your own heart, okay? But he said, I want you to have him. He's crying out for mercy because he knew he had sinned. He knew he had messed up. But he wanted God to operate according to God's loving kindness, not man, because man won't forgive you. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Man won't be, won't be kind to you. Now, then he says this. He says, uh, uh, the latter part, the big clause to verse 1, he says, According unto the multitude of thy tender mercies. Then he says, Block out my transgressions. In other words, God, remove it. Give me a clean slate, is what he said. Give me a, give me a clean slate. He, he pleaded for, he says, the multitude of mercies. See, the, the, I think in the book of Lamentation it says God's mercies are new every day. See, I, I, I can't use yesterday's mercies because I got, I got some today's troubles that need a different kind of mercy. Amen? So, so he's saying it's according to your tender mercies. He said, blot out, wash me, remove those sins. Blot out my transgressions. And then he says two, number, verse number two, he says, wash me. He didn't just say wash me. He said, but wash me thoroughly for mine and In other words, God, you wash me and wash me till I'm clean. That's, that's a thorough washing. Without spot or wrinkle, that's the kind of church God's going to look for when he comes back. That's what the Word of God says. He said, his bride, he's looking for a church without spot or wrinkle. So, so he, he wants to be thoroughly cleansed because he knew one day he's going to have to meet the master. Just like as my brother passed away uh, uh, a week ago, and, and he knew he had to meet his master. We all know that we got to live according the way of God wants us to live because we've got to meet God one day. We've got to stand before God. So clean up is right here. <laughs> we can't clean up when we get on the other side. Because, see, if we're not clean over here, we won't make it to the other side. It will be a side, but it won't be the other side. Amen? It, it won't be that kind of side. But he says in the verse number three, he says, I love this about him. He says, for I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. He acknowledged his mess up. He acknowledged that to God. He knew he couldn't hide nothing from God. He never told a man to examine him. He already told He said, a, a close scrutiny of what's going on in me, my thoughts, you know, be careful about what we think too. Because see, God can read our thoughts. I may not can read your thoughts, but the Holy Spirit can. He can read our thoughts. So he says, he says, I acknowledge, I acknowledge my transgression. Own up, I hear your Holy Spirit. Own up to my sin. Own up to our sins. Because huh. God already knows. And then he says this, verse 4. He says, against thee and thee only have I sinned. That's interesting. Now he didn't have another man's wife killed. But then he says to God, you, you're the only one I, I, I've sinned against. But he messed up Bathsheba. He's the king now. He's not, not all is wrong. But he's saying to God, you're the only one I've sinned against. And then he says, And done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thy judgest. Behold, now watch that, he's smooth too now. He's smooth now. He said, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Well, he must have forgot when he told God, even when, when, when I was, you saw me in, in the secret parts. When, when I was unperfected 
In other words, when he was in, in the womb and when he was being formed, he must have forgot that because now he's saying, he's <laughs> our shaping in iniquity and sin did and in and, and sin did my mother conceive me. Well that fact was true. That was true. But why did he say it there? So you know you know how sometimes we like to try to plead with God? We try to talk to God. Thank God don't know no better. You know, we can some of us are some smooth talkers. Amen. Oh should I say smooth liars, which is it? Amen. <laughs> Both of them. But 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 God knows all things. And once he says he says, Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward world. He knew what God's will was for him. And, and in the hidden part, thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Then he says, Purge me. He still wants that, that examination, that search going on. He says, Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. He knew only the blood of Jesus could cleanse him. He knew that. He, he knew that. Then he says, something must have happened between verse 7 and verse 8. Because he says, make me to hear what joy <laughs> and gladness that the bones which thou have broken may rejoice. That comes a time when you can't even hear God. You can't even rejoice in God. See, whatever the situation that happened here with him and Bathsheba, it, it ended up and he killed that flame of God, his joy was gone. His joy was gone. He says, make me to hear joy and gladness. You know, he wanted to celebrate God. Whatever the relationship he had with God, it, it had diminished itself because of sin. Whatever kind of relationship we, we, we have, may, have, may or may have had with God, because of sin, it had diminished it. And sometimes we don't have a joy of the Lord. Amen? See, when we don't have no joy... See, the, 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 the word of God says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And we can say, I don't have no strength. Well, if you don't have no strength, you don't have no joy. So you start seeking joy, then you can get you some strength. Because it says, the joy of the Lord, not the things of this world, but the joy of the Lord is my strength. So if my strength is gone, maybe I got the wrong God. Wrong God. But he says that. He says, he says, watch me. Then he says, about the joy and the gladness. And then he says this. He gets afraid now. He gets afraid. This is where every body, every Christian believer ought to be. Because we've got a lot of believers out there. Because they believe in a whole lot of stuff. A whole, Buddhism and all that other stuff. They believe, they believe in all that mess. Okay? I'm talking about the true and the living God. Then he says this in verse number 9. He says, hide thy face from my sins. And blot out mine iniquity. He says, God, listen, I need you to hide, hide your face from my sin. That's why he sent Jesus. See, Jesus stands between us and God. So it's powerful. But then what I love is verse number 10. And we're going to read these last three. And we're going to be done for the day. He says, verse number 10 says, this is what David says. Create in me, not nobody else. See, sometimes we, we, we'll examine everybody else's life, but we don't examine our own. We need to ask God to examine us. He says, now create means it hadn't been done yet. Anything that's created means it didn't exist before. So something here, he says, create in me a clean heart, O God. And renew, what kind of spirit? A right spirit within me. So he knew he had the wrong spirit on the inside. So we need to pray this prayer too. 
God created me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within. Not on the outside. Not the external. Because God works on the internal. He, he, he says it. He looks at, look at the end of that beautiful. He wanted to, to renew, to make over a right spirit. And then he says, verse 11, Cast me not away from thy presence. Now, in Psalms 139, he knew that no matter where he went, and he understood that he could not get away from the presence of God. So he says, cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Oh, my God. Because, see, if the Holy Spirit is taken, you don't have nothing to guide you. That's why the Holy Spirit was left here, to lead us and to guide us into all truth according to the Word of God. So we don't want the Holy Spirit. Some of you, what I got, no. If you, li- mm, I hear you. If you're living like, and I almost said the word, if you're living like hell, baby, you ain't got the Holy Spirit. I'm just, I'm here dead. I just had to bust your bubble. Because the Spirit didn't left. Now, one thing about the Holy Spirit is it's not going to dwell in any unclean temple. Book of, of the book of Corinthians. Amen. See, this is the temple of God. Now, this is just a building we come and we fellowship with. We come together in fellowship. But this is the temple, and this is where the Holy Spirit lives. I believe that if we were more conscious of the presence of God on the inside, we would be less likely to sin. Mighty quiet. If we were more conscious and aware of that the presence of God lives and his word says, he and the son, Jesus Christ says, he and God, they come and they take a bold on the inside of us. If we were aware and conscious that he lives on the inside, and every move that we make, he's aware. We would not do the things that we do or say the things that we say, right? Amen. I tell you what. I'm just going to lay down my religion and I'm going to cuss out. Well, how can you lay down something that you don't have? Well, let me change that. Maybe you do have religion. But it's not the Holy Spirit. Impossible. How are you going to take God on and off? How is is that possible? Uh -uh. Uh -uh, uh Uh-uh. 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 Mm-mm. See, you just we have to understand that. You know, he doesn't want the presence of God away, gone from him. Take anything, take everything, but leave me the presence of God. Leave me the Holy Spirit. I, I can live without anything else, but I cannot live without God. I don't know how people do it. I, I just don't. But then he says this, and this is the last verse we're going to say. Verse number 12 says, Re- now here he is now. He's, he's climaxing. He says, restore. Now, David is not stupid. Restore unto me the what? He's asking for what? The joy. Verse number 12, Psalms 51. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. And uphold me with thy what? Free spirit. 
So now he, he's asking God, he's, I want my joy back. I want my joy back. Because he's a joy. See, our joy, he says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. But then he also say, uh, restores to me the joy of thy salvation. See, with sal- salvation has many meanings. It, it means prosperity. It means salvation. It means deliverance. It, it means he- good health. I mean, it has a lot of meaning. He says, I want you to restore the joy of my salvation. I want to be on fire for God. Restore it. You see, sin had caused them to lose that. But now he's here. See, if you've ever been without God and can't feel the Spirit, you know what I'm talking about. Because I'm going to tell you something. When you get him back, you won't be so quick to let him go. Because, see, when you're on fire for God, ooh-wee. Yeah, your feet will be clapping and tapping just like Minister Tom's feet tapping right there now. It'd be, you'll be tapping. You'll be on fire for God. And see, what I'm saying, on fire for God, it's not so much uh, 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 a verbiage, but it's just like when you're in the presence of, uh, 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 of people, and when you're in the presence of demons, demons will back up. Because, see, it's something about the fire of God on the inside. It will burn up in and everything like sin if we allow it. If we allow We have to allow God to have his way in us. So, who's bold enough to ask God to search him? Who's bold enough? And say, God, search me. Know me. Try me. Test me. See, when we say that, that's what David said. David said, test me. Test me. And see if there be any wicked way in me. But then he said, God, when you find that, I want you to remove it. Because I want to feel God. I want to feel God. I want to know without a shadow of a doubt that he's there. Won't be no question mark. God, are you there? You'll know. And even when hard times come, the winds blow, storms come in your life, you'll still know God's there. You know God got your back. No matter how, you, how it looks. Because, see, the way it looks is not always how it is. Because, see, the way it looks, oftentimes we look through the eyes of man rather than looking through the eyes of God. God says, it's okay. God, I, I, I was reading in my devotion, and God says, the devotion says, listen, you want to live a problem-free life. He said, you're living in a fallen world. How do you think you're going to live in a problem-free life? <laughs> you're living in a fallen world. He says, that, that's ludicrous, he says. He said, those problems that you see and you were so worried about, he said, down the road, he said, by the time they get to you, them, them, them waves, that roar, he said, by the time they get to you, he said, I already took care of that. He said, I already took care of it. He said, but Bernard, you need to be searched. See, when we study the Word, or whenever we read in the Bible as we ought, the Word comes to us first. Then we can pass it on to somebody else. Then we can pass it on. Amen. So we need to begin to ask God to search us. We need an examination. And then be bold enough to say, God, remove it. If there be any wicked way in me, <laughs> then you remove it, God. That's a bold statement. Don't ask it if you don't want him to do it. Because he will do it if you're sincere. He will do it. Amen. Let's stand. Let's stand. Let's stand. Let's stand. Let's stand. Amen. 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 Is, 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 is there something that within 
that we want God to deal with in our life. Don't ask you, I don't need you to say what it is, because that's between you and God. But what I will do, I will ask you to, to come down front and let's pray about it. That if there's something that's on the inside of us that we want God to remove, we want God to search us out, to see if there be any wicked way in us, then if that thing that you want God to, to do and to search out within us or within you, I ask you to come and let God deal with it. We're going, we're, we're going, because we're going to go and pray it. You and you alone know what it is. Not asking, don't want to know. That's not my business. <laughs> That's not my business. But it's between you and God. Amen. It's between you and God. Because see, man don't have a heaven or a hell to put you in. But before we can cross over, then we need the Lord to, to, to do something in our own life. To do some cleaning up. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray. Here we are, God. 